Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must listen. So whether you are tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. And on today's show, we are talking about seriously one of my favorite top topics, podcasting, with my guest Anastasia Lipsky. Now, she was my guest earlier this week, where we uncovered key strategies for maximizing marketing impact through public speaking and podcast guessing, guesting. And people say, well, you know, podcasting is not public speaking. Oh, yes, it is. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So today we invite you to discover the secrets to becoming a highly sought after podcast guest, a high value guest, in fact, as we explore effective self-presentation strategies, optimal interview practices, and the art of earning host admirations and referrals. I can't even stress how important that is. It really is. Because if we consider you a high value guest. We're going to share you. We want you to get your voice heard. So welcome back to your partner in Success Radio, Anastasia. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It is a pleasure. And I loved that you used the word admiration because I often refer to the the steps that a person can take to be the type of guest that a host will love and fall in love with right but it is about admiration because it does make a difference and each and every one of you hosts even if you have a, a standard procedure that you go through with every single episode that you do i i do find you know we are human and and relationships matter and i do find that hosts tend to go that little extra mile sometimes when it is a guest that has been the type of guest that has fully given of themselves. It's not even just about how amazing the interview was, but also how supportive the guest was in the entire process from the beginning all the way through to the actual recording. And then, of course, what's going to happen afterwards. So all of that can help bring in an admiration, if you will, that's going to go far so that that host is more likely to remember you as well. So there's just so many reasons to do it. Besides, it's just... It's just the right thing to do is to be kind and supportive and give back on all sides. It is. And, you know, to that point, to the point you just made, I will, you know, I'll post something on Facebook or LinkedIn. He's like, this is how much I love my clients. And I'll take a screenshot. You're, you're in one of my recent screenshots where you had left, left this glowing review on my podcast. And then again, mm. on Apple, you know, Apple iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, they because it used to be called iTunes, and oh, now it's yeah. Apple Podcasts, and it gets uh, so confusing because some things Apple. are still iTunes, and yeah, right, Apple right. iTunes podcast. <laughs> but what will happen is, that, and I invite people to do this. In fact, I encourage it. If you see me tagging you on something, just leave a message. Oh, thank you, Denise. Blah 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 blah. I will instantly go find your podcast and post it again. Wow. Because, you know, that's it's reciprocity, right? Exactly. So before we get too far into the weeds here, let's recap the last discussion we had. Mm -hmm. Audience can easily follow along and then we'll go into what we really are talking about today, which is how to be a high value guest. Write that down. High value guest. Exactly. Okay, go. Okay. So last week, or not last week, just earlier this week, we we were talking a lot about just the general philosophy, if you will, of, of podcast guesting, the benefits, the values. And so for anyone who is hearing this right now, if you have not heard the previous episode, I would recommend that you stop 
and listen to that completely and then come back to this. And I, I like to think of it as the fact that uh, it, even though it was like an organic conversation and we didn't even really know which direction we were going to go in, I look at that as us having tilled the soil so that we were getting it ready for people to then plant the seeds and grow their their business, their marketing, their visibility, everything using podcast guesting and speaking. And I'm I'm going to refer to podcasting more because we are on a podcast and but but almost everything that I'm talking about, so much of it is applicable to speaking to grow your business as well. But we tilled the soil a few days ago with our previous episode about the why and about the need for you to have clarity around who you want to get in front of. Because if a person decides that they want to use guesting as a marketing strategy, and it is a strategy, there is a lot built around that in order for it to be effective. Just showing up on any Mamby Pamby Pop podcast and talking about anything that you know about, that is, that is not going to get you the results that you're looking for. You need to be strategic. So we covered all of that as to the reason why and who your target audience is, that avatar, who you really want to get in front of. And then today we can talk a little bit more about how to find those shows, different tips and techniques and tools that I use, uh, that are used by many, uh, as well as how to be the type of guest that is going to get that admiration from a host and be referred more or invited back, and then how to get the most out of each and every interview. So if you stick with us to the end here, I hope we can definitely cover quite a few of those things. So that's a little bit of a recap. Denise, do you have a preference as to where you want us to start in those various things that we hope to cover today? I really don't. I mean, you covered this kind of three points there and you covered it, which is ABC. The first thing that came to mind, though, is if you are a podcast guest or want to become a podcast guest and you're new at it, you know, it's not a, a matter of going to, you know, my website or LinkedIn saying, hey, Denise, I want to be on your podcast. Yeah. Why? So you need to be able to craft a concise and engaging introduction and send it to the right person. Yes. I got one the other day on LinkedIn that said, I love your show. It turned out it was a cooking show. Well, I love to cook, <laughs> but I don't have a podcast about that. So be careful how you approach people, because if you start out on the wrong foot, we're going to remember it. We really are. So oh, do your homework. Absolutely. It, it's in it, <laughs> just yesterday. Yesterday, I I got a LinkedIn message from someone that I connected with quite some time ago that he's a speaker. And we also talked a little bit at the end of our our, our talk uh, on Monday. We were covering at the end uh, a, a little bit of a difference when a speaker is approaching podcasts and they're coming from the speaking world, they might have a different approach and not realize that that it needs to be done a little differently for podcast hosts. Uh, but this particular person that I was already connected with, but I hadn't heard from him in ages, uh, reaches out to me and, and wants to be on my show. <laughs> and I don't even have a show. I know. So You're my, I was like, dude, do you have any idea how much you are going to alienate yourself from hosts right from the get-go if you don't do your due diligence and research the show and listen to it before you offer yourself. Like, I don't even have a podcast and you're offering yourself to me. So the, the one thing I'm going to say that, I, I probably will say everything is so important because it is, but oh my gosh, I, I want everyone to take this in and understand and put yourself in the shoes of the host. Imagine that you are putting on a podcast. And it's interesting. I had a conversation with someone just yesterday and I was sharing with him the reason why I would never do a podcast. <laughs> and I don't want to go through the amount of work that you go through, Denise. It's a lot of work. I really don't. And I don't think people realize how much is involved, in particular, if it's a high caliber show. 
because, you know, we get this impression that, oh, all you need is Podbean and an iPhone and you can sit in your car and you've got a podcast. Okay, to a certain extent, yes, that's true. But if you want it to be a successful podcast, in particular in the business world, that is garnering uh, clients and visibility and build, helping you to build influence, it needs to be done right. So every host is doing it because they have their own need, desire to have that visibility for their show. They're building community, you know, week after week or month after month or day after day, depending upon how often they release their shows, but they're building their community over time. And it's a lot of work that goes into it. And Podcast hosts get used and abused all the time by people who they just want to show up on shows and, and they'll try this, uh, you know, spray and pray model. They'll get a template. They'll send it out to every podcast host they can find out there without even making certain that they're a match. So, again, we talk a little bit about that in the previous episode where we go into how you can feel into it to make sure you're a good match. But now let's talk about what you do when you know you're a good match, at least you feel that you are, and how do you present yourself in such a way to that host to honor them and to increase your chances of them saying yes. So number one, respect them, acknowledge the fact that they put a lot of time and effort into creating this platform that you may have the opportunity to use to get your voice out there. So the least you can do is put some time and effort into making certain that you're a good fit to begin with so you don't waste their time. Time is the one thing we can never get back. And we want to respect everybody's time. So you start out by making certain that you are a good fit and that you can bring value to those listeners. At the end of the day, every host all they want to do is increase their subscribers, their listens, their downloads, their, their reviews on Apple, etc. These are all things that if you can help them with that by, by bringing in your expertise, your passion, your experience, and present it in a way that their listeners are going to stay on that episode and listen until the very end, and that you are going to share it. You're going to be an active partner in this experience. If you can help them to understand the value that you bring right from the get-go, then you're golden. So when you are, are vetting a show, of course, you know, you're going to want to listen. You're going to want to make sure you're a good fit, et cetera. But pay attention also to what the host says as to how they want to be approached. Now, not all hosts make this clear. So you can look at their website, you can look at, uh, you know, go into various channels and see where they're listed, look at their show notes from previous episodes. You can find them on LinkedIn, various, various social channels. Be looking for anything where they say, hey, if you're interested in being a guest, do this. So sometimes they'll have a form. Sometimes they'll have it in their contact. So when you're when you're on a website, often you have multiple tabs that you can go into. Look through all of them until you see whether they do or do not give instructions as to how to approach them. It has got to be so frustrating to a host that says, I've got a form or here's the email to use to reach out to me if you want to be a guest. But people come in and they reach out to you in other ways. And that just tells you as a host right off the bat, clearly they did not vet my show because it says right there that I've got a form. It says right there that they emailed this particular email and here they are reaching out to me in this other manner. So that is one of the quickest way to, ways to turn someone off is to not follow instructions. It's like that, that test that we had often in class where, you know, it's that long test. And at the very end, it says, if you get to this bottom question, you don't have to do the test. Same thing. <laughs> Okay, so it's like that same no. thing. Just just know that you're in essence being tested just by how you show up right to begin with. I will tell you, I myself as a booking agent and as someone who I obviously guest on shows myself, I personally would rather not do a form because I feel like it, it locks me in sometimes. Uh, but I understand the reason that a host would want to have a form sometimes. So I'm going to honor whatever it is that they're requesting. 
If you do not find any way to contact that host, sometimes hosts do not make it easy. A, they might have too many inquiries and they don't want to make it easy. Or B, they just aren't realizing that they're not putting it out there to make it you know, clear for people. Uh, get creative. Some of the ways that I will connect with people, and even if I have their email, even if they have a form that I submit, I still always try to reach out and connect with that host personally, somehow, some way, so that I can stand out a little more and I can start to develop that relationship. So before you even send the inquiry, if it's a show you really want to get on, get to know that host and what they're all about. LinkedIn, now that's the only social sandbox I play in, but many podcast hosts do have a presence on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you can reach out to connect with them directly. Now, never send a LinkedIn request without saying why, why you want to connect with them. Now, there's the word on the street is LinkedIn might be changing this and they might not allow everybody to always send a note with their inquiry to connect. I don't know if that's going to happen for sure, but if so, that's going to change this landscape a bit. But as much as you can, be personalized. And you want to just say, make sure you have listened. Don't ever lie. Please, people, do not lie. Don't say you've listened to their show. Don't say you're a fan of their show if you don't know anything about it and you haven't listened, okay? Be honest. But hopefully you've listened and you could say, I've listened to your show. I really am you know, aligned with what it's about. I would love to know what your vetting process is. Um, or if, if they have a form, you could say, I've just submitted a form, but I wanted to reach out to connect with you personally. Anything that you can say to give them a reason to want to connect with you. Go to their profile on LinkedIn and click the notification bell at the top. There's a bell that you can click and that will, that will uh, start adding anything that that person does into your notifications feed on LinkedIn. I go into my feed multiple times a day, okay, because I'm on LinkedIn a lot, but even if you're not, maybe just once a day, you go and look at the notifications, and then you can see when that host has shared maybe a previous episode, or maybe they've shared something else, and then in that process, you can engage. You can like and comment on those posts that they start seeing your image, your name, and they start seeing that you're active on LinkedIn and that you're a giver. So do that as a way to connect with them. Now, the process of sending, say, an email, and this is where you have the most flexibility to really present yourself in a way that the host is more likely to say yes. If you are able to email them your proposal, my agency, we don't call them pitches. I don't like the word pitch. We propose our clients. Because this is, this is, again, relationship marketing. So the very first thing you want to do in the beginning is you want to, in that paragraph that introduces yourself, you're going to want to, in essence, share what's in it for them, how you can be of value. If you can pull out anything that you heard in a previous episode and be very specific, include that. And I believe I've covered some of this in the previous episode. It's sort of, I'm on a lot of podcasts, so I'm, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but it would not hurt for you to hear this again. In that process, you are really sharing a little bit about why you're of value. Then you can share more about yourself and, and, and why you are a credible resource to be speaking on that. Share all those details, but don't make it too long. If you can provide extra things that they can maybe click on if they really want to go deep or attach a, a one sheet, all of that you can do in that email. But make certain you're coming from the viewpoint that you're going to bless them and also let them know what your standard process is for how you share any episode that you've been on whether you're gonna share it on socials, maybe what your reach is, if you have high numbers, if you don't, then don't mention the numbers, uh, but let them know, I'm gonna put you in my newsletter, I'm going to share about you on LinkedIn, Insta, you know, Facebook, et cetera, so that the host knows that you're going to be engaged. So that's gonna be one of the most important things is you want to make certain that they know that you're going to be of value to them. And you can, I always suggest say, 
I really do feel that I'm aligned. But at the end of the day, it is your show. And I fully recognize that you may not be feeling it. And if so, that's okay. Will you please let me know either way? So let you kind of take that pressure off a host because it's hard for a host to decline people sometimes. You know, they might really like them. They like their approach, but they know that they're still not really a good fit for what they're envisioning their show is going to be covering. So, um, so that's the general idea of the approach. Now, I thought I would go into a little bit about how to find some shows that you're a good fit for. Does that does this sound like a good time to switch into that, or do you have any questions, Denise? It does, but I have one comment on everything. Yeah. Thank you for sharing everything because I'm ticking it in my head. Like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> People who get my my attention do everything that you just said. They're referencing a podcast. They have listened. They may even know the person that I interviewed, which is also a plus. Yes, yes. You know, just let me know who you are. The worst thing you can do, though, and this does happen. So I'll get mostly on LinkedIn. And I do have a form. And my form is not particularly difficult, but it tells me who you are, where I can go find you. Right. Yeah, you know, before I even spend any real time going yes or no. So my form is important, but it... <sighs> And this happened the other day, which is why it's fresh in my mind. I got a kind of a cute, you know, inquiry from LinkedIn. And this guy just absolutely made it clear. I just want to get on podcast to increase my reach. Basically, he wants to sell his widget. No, mm -hmm. I am not your billboard. Right. So, so be careful how you approach us. If you are making it clear that you're just going to jump on our show and it's going to be you, 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 we're going to leave you alone. Yeah. Yeah. This is relationship marketing. And yeah. our, in our previous episode, we went into that even deeper because it's a, it, it is about blessing people that I, I feel like that's, that's the space that I come from is how can I be of service? How can I be of service to you, Denise, as a guest? I want to make certain that I'm being of service to you. How can I be of service to you right now, you who are listening? Can I provide enough value that's going to leave you at the end of this feeling like your time was well spent? And that's important because, again, you can't get your time back. You might listen to the very end, and if at the end of that, you don't feel like it was worth your time, I feel like I've let you down. And that's important to me. So yep. uh, there, uh, I want to point out a few things. Some, I feel, mistakes that people make when they are vetting shows, when they put too much attention on metrics. So first off, when it comes to things like listeners, downloads, subscribers, blah, 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 we as a, a potential guest we're never really going to know that. Now, some shows, they're very public about it, and that's fine. And honestly, I'm not even certain. I 100% can trust any number that anybody gets because I'm not certain yeah. they're all accurate, right? They're not. Okay. Just ignore those. We are, <sighs> listen, our RS feeds go everywhere. I'm even an audible of all places. I never saw that coming. <laughs> We have no means of gathering all of those and finding out what our true downloads are. And I'll be honest with you, in the 16 years that I've been doing this, I've only had maybe two people say, well, what are your downloads? Mm -hmm. That's none of your business. Number two, yes. I'm ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world. Figure it out. Yeah. And I don't yeah. Mean to sound that cranky, but we there really are no real numbers that I've ever found out. And to be honest with you, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I yeah. get to meet the darndest people, wonderful people from all over the world. That's what I care about. Exactly. No, I love it. I love it. And that's, that's why you have a really high caliber show because your focus is on providing content that's of value. Mm. So those numbers don't really matter. Now, the other area where people look is they look at Apple reviews. Now, there are a lot of opinions on this, and I'm going to share mine. My opinion is that Apple reviews do matter. And the reason why I'm pulling out Apple is because Apple is kind of the gold standard. They have the, the best and easiest system 
for people to do reviews and see reviews far better than any other platform that's out there. And, and it's also kind of what we've gotten used to. And it's, it's not unlike, uh, you know, for me, if I go to a store and I'm looking at something and I'm thinking, do I want to buy this? I'll go on Amazon. I'll look at the reviews and it gives me a general idea as to whether people think that it's a good product or not. We as human beings have been trained to look at reviews for everything, everything, everything. So it's human nature for us to still pay attention to those. But I want to make it clear to everybody that not everybody, uh, not every host puts time and effort into an Apple review. So you can have a really great show with zero or very few Apple reviews. Others put too much. And I think we went into this also. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But I want you to be clear that the Apple reviews is just one of the many metrics to look at. Now, I'm going to tell you, human beings, we like them. So if you're listening and you're in, getting anything of value from this right now, I'm going to ask you to do a solid and do a review for Denise, please, because it does help. Now, if you're a guest and, and you are on her show, the more Apple reviews that come in, the more people might be in, enticed to listen to it the more likely you could be heard years after the fact. And we talked about that last episode as well. So the, the, the evergreen factor. So, so do, a, do a review. One of the things you want to make sure as a guest is that you do a review before you even reach out to that host. That's the ideal way to do it. Now, you can look at those. The other thing you want to look at before you decide to be a guest is how is that show showing up? How are they... How are they displaying their guests? There are some shows you look at their cover art and they don't even have a picture of the guest. That tells me that, well, it might be part of it could have to do with just, I don't want to say laziness, but maybe not a, a time bandwidth that they don't want to put the time into swapping out the images every single episode. So there could be that, but they're shooting themselves in the foot because when a person comes into a podcast and all the cover art for every previous episode is just the host, 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 or the host is way big and this, the, the guest is way small. That basically screams, I care more about myself as a host than I do about my guest. So you want to look at that. That's important. Host, honestly, and, and I'm glad you said that because as a host, it is not about me. In fact, I'm invisible on the internet. There are no pictures of me on the internet never have been, never will be. It's all about my guests. Mm -hmm. Every bit of what I do with this podcast is about you, the guest. It's not about me. I'm just here listening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. So it's important that people look at those things, but you, you take it with a grain of salt. I don't want someone to toss a show as a possible option just because they're doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. These are just things to look at when you are vetting a show. The other thing, when you look at Apple Podcasts, uh, one of the things I like about looking at them when I'm vetting a show is the fact that they show 10 of the last episodes and they have a title and three lines of text. Now, as a host, if you are a host, that is precious real estate. People will decide whether they want to listen to your show or not based on how you have your description off on the left side below your cover art and, and, and whether that is clear on who the audience is and what the show is about so that a person can decide whether they want to listen to it or they want or they're a good match as a guest. Okay, so that's important. Those those lines of descriptive text are important. I have seen shows where every they might have a name of the guest, but all three lines is the same selling text about the guest. I mean, about the host. It's their it's their spiel about you know we are the best blah blah blah. You can do this with us, and you can do that with us, and we guarantee you this. They'll fill up every single one of those descriptive texts because that because I think they don't know what they're doing. I think that that's something they dropped at the top of their text for the descriptive text that they're throwing into their podcast description, not realizing that they're wiping out any information about what that particular episode is about. So you want to make sure. So I'm, I'm now speaking also to hosts because I work with hosts as well. 
make certain that precious real estate, that descriptive text gives a compelling reason to the person reading it that they're going to want to listen to that particular episode. They need to know what's behind that door, what's behind that curtain. You get those three lines. That's enough to give them a, a, a taste that they're excited about it. It's like, oh, I want to hear this episode. You need to make certain that you have the guest name in it. Ideally, the guest name is also in the, the title. And you know what, Denise, I got to say right now, I'm not remembering how you show up that way, but I'm just going to keep speaking my truth. So I always, the, the guest name is always in the title. Okay. I'm not surprised. It's not about you, me. It's about <laughs> me. You, you get so much right. So having that guest name and kind of what it's about in that title, because that's the first thing people see is the bigger font. And then below Again, the guest name and what you're talking about. So as a guest, now you're looking at that and you want to make certain that you kind of line up, that you fit in with these 10 most recent guests. Do you have something that kind of is in alignment with, with the types of things that they're talking about? So you want to look at that also. Like, is this a, a show that is, you know, sharing their guest content well enough that I want to be involved in it? That's an important thing to look at. Go to their socials. How are they sharing? Are they sharing every episode? Are they talking about what's in the episode? Or is it just like a quick share and they don't even tag the guest? So this is something else. I can't remember if we talked about this, but uh, you want to make certain that you tag the guest so that the guest knows that the post is out there and can engage. And engagement is, imp is important. So now we're going to kind of go back into that how do I how do I have this? Well, I refer to it as Marmy's etiquette because my granddaughters call me Marmy. This etiquette about how to be that type of guest that people love, hosts will love. So engagement is going to be really important. You want to make certain that you are engaging with that host the moment that they share it and that you're going to share it and you tag the host. So the host can then engage because that's where the magic happens. That's where the visibility happens. And y'all, if you are not sharing it, on social media and engaging with each and every post, like li liking it, commenting it, that then, when, then when they comment, you comment back, you like it, et cetera. If you're not doing that, you, you might as well stop because you're not going to get the visibility and that's what this is all about. So engage as much as you possibly can. So look at how is the host showing up? Is the host just sharing these things and not tagging the guest or not engaging themselves because right. I see that all the time. And if the guest has a business as you do, mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, you know, I went and made sure that I tagged you, I tagged your business and I will do this. And I suspect this is why a lot of people do want to come on my show. Excuse me. I need to cough. I will, you know, if you're, and I, I interview a lot of authors, a lot, a lot. I've got hundreds of books in here and they're all gifts. I will make sure that you can find their book on mm, Amazon. Yes. I make a review, Amazon and Goodreads. I, you know, those go out. I am so grateful for the quality of my guests and the fascinating conversations yeah. I have with my guests. I'll do anything I can to promote them. And it's not a one and done. And this is important. So find out as a guest, if you see something pop up once, but it never pops up again, and you, you're going to have to do a little bit of looking. Mm -hmm. but if they're not promoting you over and over again, over time, I'm not saying every week you post the same thing, but right. I mean, I'm known to post something that, you know, Larry Wingett, one of my favorite people, I did an interview with him somewhere between eight and 10 years ago. I just posted it again last week. Oh, I love it. I love it. You, know, you yeah. we have to give you the love that you are giving us. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. Uh, one thing I will say, I, I, I love that you mentioned tagging the business as well. Um, this is a little handy dandy tip to help anybody who is not aware of this. And, and again, I, I only play in LinkedIn, so I'm only speaking LinkedIn right now. But what I will do when I am doing a post and I'm sharing an episode that I've been on or one of my clients, I tag the host. But then 
it's not always an easy thing to know if that host has a page for their their podcast specifically and or a page for their business because not everybody does. So what I'll usually do is I'll open a second window on LinkedIn and I'll go to the profile of that host and I look down in their experience area. So one you once you get to the experience, you'll have each category that a person is listing, either from previous things that they've done or maybe they're doing multiple things. If you look to the left of the description and there is a logo as opposed to it being that grayish box that they have, if it's grayed out box and they're talking about their show or their uh, their their business or whatever, then they don't have a page. But if they have a logo, there's an image to the left of that experience that's being described right there, then you know that there is a page attached to it. Pay attention to what it's named. And then when you start the at, you can start to type in that name. So sometimes I work with a host that they have a business page and they have a page dedicated on LinkedIn to their podcast. So if if that were the case with you, and I, I can't remember Denise because I'm I'm not gonna go look it up right now, but I know, I, but I'm going to. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna suggest, by the way, to a host <laughs> that you have a dedicated experience page of you as a host treat it as a business and you have that even if you don't use it honestly I don't do anything with my business page on LinkedIn to be completely honest and I even tell people that like when they come to my business page it says by the way I'm not doing anything here <laughs> so find me personally let's connect um, but you can have that page and then it's attached and it makes it so much easier for be, people to be able to draw attention to that. And you can you can tag things and, and, and spotlight them, et cetera. So it's more powerful. But I will like let's say let's say you had a business page and you had a podcast page. So when people are looking at your profile, they're seeing your experience, they see a logo to the left of each of those categories. Then when I am sharing it, I would be saying this was such an amazing conversation that I had with at Denise Griffiths. OK, and, and you know, of, you know, host of the amazing at. The, you know, your partner in success radio podcast, whatever. And she is the owner of at and then the business name, et cetera. Like I literally would tag each of them in that it becomes a more robust space and it makes it clear to everybody because you can see when you're looking at LinkedIn when it's a, a link behind an actual uh, position on LinkedIn and they're more likely to click on it. So it's an easy thing to find but but it was I was struggling with this for the longest time before I finally figured this out. So I hope there's at least one person out there that did not know this that now you can take that quick look Look at a profile. If there's no picture to the left of that experience description, then they don't have a dedicated page to that podcast or to that business. And therefore, you don't need to bother tagging it. But if they do, tag it. And you can always throw in additional links. Like if you if it is an author, you can throw in a link to their their, you know, their book on Amazon or on Goodreads or whatever. So it's it's robust. There's so excuse me, so much that we could do with each and every one of those little shares that we do. So that's going to be an important part of it is that engagement and utilizing it in a way that that a, a host is going to be happy, but also the word gets spread. More, there's more visibility. When you tag someone, then their followers have the opportunity to see your posts. And I witness this every day. Even when I tag someone I'm not connected with. And by the way, you do not need to be connected with a person in order to tag them. That's another misunderstanding that people have. So I tag strangers all the time because I want to give credit where credit is due. So like I just shared something on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, and it was a great report that this guy wrote, uh, Dan Meisner, um, forgetting the name of the, the I think it's like, Bumble, no, I don't know, bumper something. Um, I did tag the business and I tagged his name because he wrote it and it was good. And it was about, it was about Apple reviews. It was about Apple reviews. It's a great piece. Um, 
So maybe, maybe Denise, I'll, I'll get that to you after the fact. So you can see that, but you know, I tagged this guy, I don't even know him, but I'm seeing a whole bunch of people that are liking that post that I did. They are not in my circle of influence. So these people are seeing me because I tagged that other guy. So just want to make sure that that's clear. So I'm kind of going off on it. This is me getting my LinkedIn hat on. I'm going to take that off now. And let me just check to see if you have any questions for me. Otherwise, I'll talk a little bit more about vetting, finding the shows. Now that these are, so I just want to make this clear. These are all things for a person to look at when they are considering whether this is a high caliber show that you want to be on. And you take every one of them. I almost, you know, you might put more weight on one thing than another, but never discount a show because they're weak in one area if they're strong in the others. Look at it as a, uh, you know, aggregate of all these different ways that a host and a show can show up to determine whether it's a valuable show or not. And then I do want to talk a little bit about listen notes, but let me just check in with you, Denise, to see if there's anything you'd like to add. No, I'm I'm just trying not to get in your way and I'm scribbling notes like crazy. I mean, it's, I know much of what you're talking about, but then you'll say something, I go, ooh, and I have to put my other hat on. Am I a guest right now? Am I a podcast host? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, okay, take that hat off, put this one on. But yeah. the thing is, and you said something very important. I had a, an inquiry two days ago, I think it was, from somebody who wanted to come on my show about a topic I have zero interest in, zero. But I went and looked, you know, but, and they've only got five episodes, but they sounded fascinating for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I then, you know, wrote a, a quick blog post yesterday, I think it was about, you know, listen, you may not be the ideal guest for me, but right. and I will tell you, and I never, ever, well, one time recently, I ignored one person. We talked about that last week. Yeah. And, you know, you actually made me think differently about it, but I'm still not biting on it. That's okay. I play the devil's advocate everywhere I go. So I like I'm to like, get people pondering. <laughs> yes. Okay. I never looked at it that way. I still don't want him on the show, but, you know, that's now I'm not nearly as aggravated as I was. But, but I looked at these guys and, you know, fascinating conversation they they could have with somebody who is interested in crypto. I'm not. It's yeah. not in my field. It's not in my wheelhouse. Right. So my point for writing this blog was, listen, the worst thing, in my opinion, a host can do is just say no and not mm -hmm. tell you why no or just delete it and ignore it. That Listen, you went to a lot of trouble to find me. Yeah. I need to respond. So my point here, and I'm getting to it, honest, I am, yeah. is that instead of me just saying, well, no, thank you, it's not a good fit, I will say, listen, I may have, and a lot of times these things will come from agencies. Mm -hmm. I never introduce my guest to another podcast host without involving agency. You, mm -hmm. that's your thank client, you for that. <laughs> it's just, that's how you do it. But, you know, I responded and said, listen, you know, I cannot you know uh, this is not my wheelhouse but i may have other high value podcast hosts that i'm aware of may i introduce you to them and they said oh yes please that's the mm -hmm. only thing to do it's absolutely so i'm off my soapbox that's beautiful thank you no i love i love that you do that and that is something that you know if if a person if you get a response from a host and it's it's a kind response and you feel like that host would not be terribly annoyed um it, it's it's not a bad thing afterwards when they decline to thank them again and and kind of leave it with you know I completely understand and I honor and respect you for you know making this decision you know but but if you can please keep me in mind if you happen to know of anyone else that you feel I might be right. a good fit for, I would appreciate that. And I always recommend that people leave it with that. And, and we've talked about that even with this speaking world when when they get declines, you know, to always leave it with who might you know, because event planners, no event planners, podcast hosts, no podcast hosts. Many of your guests that you've had, I'm sure, are hosts themselves. 
So there, because people do both, right? They do hosting and guesting. So you never know where that might lead. And even if you didn't, the host doesn't know anybody at that time, it could literally be one week later that they meet someone that would be a perfect fit. So it's, you know, we always want to have that. And that's why the relationship is important. Again, you know, that's only going to work if you reach out in a way that is a blessing. Uh, it is very hard, I will say, as an agent, it's very frustrating when a show does not respond. And and what's and I get it because they're so busy. But I also will say that they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because I'm pretty tenacious and I will dig in like an Alabama tick until I get an answer. So if I don't get a response, I give them, you know, a couple of weeks and then I'll reach out to them again very nicely. You know, I, I don't want to be annoying. And, and this is this is all things I want everybody here to hear. OK, because if you don't get a response. Number one, it does not mean it's a no. I will tell you, I do this every single day. OK, so I'm telling you from my own experience, a no response does not mean a no to you necessarily. You want to circle back and have a system to circle back. Make a note like I personally use the tool to doist. It's T-O-D, like David, O-I-S-T. That's an add-on that I've got. I, I pay a small fee, I don't know, 27 bucks a year or something. I'm not sure. I love that as a way for me to track my reach outs. So when I do an email to a show, I then will immediately add it to my to-do list. And I usually add anywhere from like a 10 to a 14-day period in there where it will then pop up with the email that is now like, okay, I didn't get a response. So I'll take that email and then I will basically reply to that email. So it goes to the host again. And, and I'll just graciously say, hey, I'm circling back. I'm not trying to be annoying, but I don't know if it landed in your inbox to begin with because emails go astray sometimes. Or is it possible that I reached you at a time where you were not able to consider my client or myself as a potential guest? You know, it's totally okay to decline. We feel that we're in alignment, you know, as I explained in the previous email. But if you're not feeling it, please just let me know. Because the last thing I want to do is fill up your inbox. But please understand from my viewpoint, I don't know if you received it. And the majority of the time when I do that a second time, I'll usually get a response. If I don't, that's where I'm getting creative on the side through LinkedIn. Or maybe maybe there's someone that I, I know who is connected to that person and I can reach out to them and say, hey, is there any way you could check in with this person? I have found there were times when it literally was ending up in their spam. Or it just was blocked altogether and they didn't yeah. get it. And how do I know, right? So you want to be gracious. You don't want to be annoying, but you kind of want to plant that seed with the host that I don't know if you're getting it. So I'm going to keep trying. Now, there does come a point where you have to cut bait. Okay. You, you, because now it's no longer a good ROI for you to keep chasing down that path. But I just want people to be aware that sometimes things do go wrong and they don't get through. Other times the host may come back and they're saying, I am so glad you circled back. Yes, this is perfect. I'd love to have this guest. I just didn't get a chance to respond to you earlier. You know, or they might come back and they say, you know, I do my my show in seasons and my season is already wrapped up. So sorry, but no. Then I'll usually come back and I'll say, well, okay. Are you saying no to my client? Are you saying no to me as a guest? Or could I possibly circle back with you later? And if so, when would that be a good time? And then again, you can use some type of tool or it could be a spreadsheet or just chicken scratch notes, whatever, calendar it, task it. And maybe they say, you know what? I'm just booked up until April and I can't even think right now. Oh boy, do I get that. So I say, great. I'll just circle back in April. And then when I come back to them in April, I am so nice. And by then, the majority of the time, they'll say yes. 
but sometimes they might say no and it's okay. So just be tenacious and gracious at the same time when you're reaching out. Now, I would love to talk when I am searching shows. So there's ways to search for shows. And we talked a little bit more about this with having your, your definite avatar, that the, the, the ultimate person you want to get in front of, having that clarity, thinking about what words, keywords they might use when they are researching a potential show that they might want to listen to. Um, you can use those keywords in a search. Another thing that I highly recommend is finding someone that you are aligned with, another person that's in your industry, perhaps, and they are doing podcast guesting, or they at least are speaking to your same avatar. They might be in an adjacent industry, but still speaking to the same type of people. So be paying attention to the people that you know, or the people that are showing up that you know that you're kind of in alignment with, and you can search to see what podcasts they have been on. And this is one of the best ways to create a hit list. Because first off, if they have been on a show, you know the show has guests, okay? And that's one of the first things to look for. When you are vetting shows, no matter where you are looking for it, one of the first things I do is I go to that Apple Apple podcast page. And the first thing I do is I look to see when the most recent episode was. Because pod fade, basically podcasts going under, is a real thing. The majority of the whatever, more than 3 million podcasts that they say are out there, the majority of them are dead shows. And it's so easy to overlook that and get excited about a podcast and propose yourself and they haven't aired an episode in three months or maybe longer. So you want to make sure that it's an active show. Uh, another thing, by the way, when you're vetting a show, pay attention to their consistency. If you see that they, it's really like all over the place as far as when they air their episodes that is a bit of a red flag about the show. Now, I know that there are some hosts out there that they just do podcasts when they feel like it, you know, do an episode when they feel like it. And that's okay. And I'm not, I'm not dissing that. This is just one more thing to be looking at when you are vetting a show. Are they consistent? So that's important. Number one, is it current? Number two, do they have guests? Okay. There's nothing worse than having a host be approached by someone offering themselves, and it's clearly a solo show. Another thing, pay attention to how often their show is out there. If they only do one episode per month, that means that they only have the potential of 12 guests out of an entire year. You want to keep that in mind when you're looking at your ROI. Even, you know, even though you're not having to pay per, to be on a show, it is still your time. It's your time to do the research and the reach out. So always be looking at what's the potential ROI? What's the likelihood of this show saying yes to me if they only have 12 spots a year? Pay attention to whether the show has a combo of solo and guest episodes because many shows do that they might do three solo shows and one guest or vice versa be aware of these things also when you are doing that first reach out mention those things you can see you can say i i fully recognize that you only have 12 spots a year because you are only doing this on a monthly basis but i really do feel what i have to share with your listeners would be of value you know, here's why. Let them know that. Let them know that you know that it that it's mostly a solo show, but they have one guest a month. That, again, is a cue to that host that you have done your due diligence. Now, the other thing that you can look at when you are reviewing these shows is the, 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 the people that are showing up. So if it's a show that you're aligned with, you can also look at those guests. And if any of those guests are someone that you really feel confident that you would be in alignment with them or the host too, because a lot of hosts are out there guesting as well, then you can research 
the episodes that they've been on. My favorite tool is Listen Notes. And I know, uh, Denise, you've talked about that because you're currently ranking at the 2% rating of the global ranking within Listen Notes. So if you go to listennotes.com, you do not have to have a paid uh, you know, subscription. Uh, if you do, you get a lot more bells and whistles. But when you go in there, you can do a search for podcasts. You can do a search for episodes. There's this uh, line where you can put in keywords. You can put in people's names. If you are searching for a person, do put quotation marks around their name. That's going to help narrow down the amount, the, the amount of um, hits that come back to you. And then you can look at those shows. Now, on Listen Notes, right off the bat, when you first find a show that that other person has been on, you want to look at the Apple Podcast to make sure it's current. Because Listen Notes is going to be sharing episodes from shows that may be dead. So you've got to pay attention to that. Just because they're coming up does not mean that it's an active show. So look to make sure it's active and look to make sure that they still have guests. So even though I said it's a good indication if someone's been on a show that they have guests, does not mean that they're still doing it because some shows will start with guests and then they go solo. So you just want to pay attention to that. So you can do that search. Off on the right-hand side to the lower right, Listen Notes will also come up with comparable shows. Now, take that with a grain of salt because Listen Notes is going to be looking at things like keywords, et cetera, but it's not, it's not thinking like we think at all. So there was a time I was looking for uh, <laughs> exit strategy. Those are the keywords that I was using because I had a potential client and I wanted to make certain I could get him on enough shows to warrant uh, me representing him. And he helps people in business with their exit strategy. Boy, oh boy, did other shows come up related to exit strategy, including how to leave your life. Ouch. I knew okay. you go there. How do so I work my there, wallet, that kind okay. of thing? Yeah. So be careful. It's just picking out keywords and throwing them there. So it may or may not be a good fit. I also want to share share the reality okay this is the reality really really big shows generally are not open to submissions from agencies or strangers the really big shows are getting their guests organically or maybe they're paying the people have to pay to be on their show okay Time and time and time again, people, they they come to me and, and they have such a passion and they really know, they know their, their industry, like the back of their hand, and they know that they're changing lives and they're good at it. They're a great speaker. You know, maybe they've even gotten paid a lot of money to speak and they think that they can get on any show. Like, I, yeah, I want to be on Oprah. I want to be with Brene Brown. I want to be with Joe Rogan. I want to be with John Lee Dumas. And I'm like, wake up. Smell the hummus. This is not going to be realistic to think that you, if you are not a celebrity and if you don't have like this, this presence, which you will build over time, by the way, you're going to be able to get to those types of shows down the road when you have established your credibility and you've got an incredible digital footprint about being a guest or speaker, right? But you're not going to start out that way. So what I want to say is about the Listen Notes, the percentages and the rankings. So Listen Notes has two rankings. One is a Listen Notes score from zero to 100. The higher the number, the, 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 the better valued, if you will, the show is. Okay. Then to the right of that, they have the global ranking. And that is a percentage. Now, if you click on either one of those, they come up with a box that describes what those two boxes indicate. And it will say in the global ranking, like Denise, it'll say, you know, this show is ranked 2% in the, in the you know, 3.2789 whatever million podcasts that are out there. But remember, as we were talking about earlier in this episode, Denise, half of them are dead. 
Okay, they're not active shows. The numbers are not realistic. There's there's no accurate numbers anywhere. I don't know where Listen Notes gets this al or what, what, what this algorithm is based on as to how they determine that you are in the two percent ranking, because it's a mishmash out there to begin with. It is. Now, it really so, is. Listen, I started at 5% when somebody said, hey, do you see that you're on Listen Notes? And I said, what's Listen Notes? Right. I had no clue. Then I went to 2.5%. I was like, woohoo. Then I went to 2%. I was like, now I have to go to one. Crap. Uh, well, you're going <laughs> to go to 1.5 first. So here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So I see things, again, I see things differently because I'm an agent and I'm in the middle and I'm in Listen Notes literally every single day. So here's the truth about Listen Notes. You are not actually in the top 2% of every single show that's out there, okay? Because that's not a realistic number. But it is an indication that this is a highly ranked show. And I can tell you that because of my experience. So here's the crazy thing and why I know that that number is not accurate. The reason I know that number is not accurate is that when a person appears on Listen Notes for the first time, okay? And, and Listen Notes finds the shows out there. And by the way, uh, if you if to anyone who is a host, please claim your show on Listen Notes. There's a yeah. little blue check mark, and it takes nothing to do that. When you find your show on Listen Notes, go in there, and there is a is this your show? Claim it, claim it. It takes nothing to do that. And and I don't know, I can't tell you this for sure, but I have to think that maybe there's something that that it captures the attention of Listen Notes when you do that. So and hopefully that will help. So claim it then. What will happen is that you'll see shows that they may not have any ranking at all. It's just not showing anything. And then whatever magic happens in the Listen Notes universe, it will start out at a 10%. So you'll have nothing, and then all of a sudden you're 10%. Now you, I'm certain at some point, were at 10%, but you just didn't know about Listen Notes, so you never saw it. Okay. It was brought to your attention when you dropped down to 5%. Here's the reason why I know it's not accurate is because there is nothing between 10 and 5%. In fact, there's so how can how can a brand new show brand new show how can listen notes say a brand new show that that's showing up at 10% is 10% in all the podcasts that are out there. Why not like 17.3%? Okay? So you start okay, you start at 10. But and we're running out of time so Oh, okay. But, but to get back to an earlier point, it is a highly ranked show, no matter if it's 2%, it is 18%, it is still, so I use it. I'm proud of it. And, no, and you should. I know it's not accurate. Exactly. So, so yeah. here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm in it every day. Okay. A 10% show is, is, a, is, is a show and it doesn't mean anything one way or the other. If you get to 5%, then it's, then that host is doing something right. They're doing something right, whether it be through Apple reviews, sharing it socially, having a big digital footprint. The smaller the show, the, the number, the better. But what I can tell you is that 2% is a really good show because I compare show to show. I know that the number's not accurate in the, in the world of all the millions of podcasts, but I know it's accurate to compare apples to apples. So 2% is a great ranking and you're going to be at 1.5% very soon because of what I'm seeing you doing. And then you're going to be at 1% and then it goes down to 0.5. Like I watch the way I know how the numbers jump. So actually there is a 3%, but you, I think you just skipped that. So, so. yeah, no, this is awesome. I, I love this and it is accurate. So people just use that, use listen notes, find the shows, vet them, use people that you are aligned with to create a hit list and go down that rabbit hole. And even a show that they've been on, you could look at the guests of that show and find the shows that they've been on and you just keep going and then you just build it. And next thing you know, you've got these great shows to reach out to. And we've already talked about how to reach out to them in a way that, that they're going to be interested in you because it's been compelling and you're sharing what's in it for them. And I have to tell you, it's a little bit off the topic that we're currently talking about, but one of my favorite ways to get guests is because my guests refer other people. 
they're like, oh, you, I had one guest, bless him, I've never gotten over this. This was several years ago, and I got an email, said, Denise, I've got some people I would love to refer to you to be a guest. Would you mind? I said, not at all. 12 people in one email. He was dead serious about introducing me to people, and I interviewed all but one. Wow. So, you know, when, when my guests say, oh, I would love to introduce you to come on, bring it. I would love to hear from you. They're pre-qualified. They are pre-qualified. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, we, we are just about to get cut off here. So thank you. I love chatting with you because you are such, oh, is it font or fount of wisdom? I never can. Fountain, I think it's it. Well, I can spell it. But anyway. Now, yeah, now I'm, conf- <laughs> I'm doubting it now. <laughs> we're going to have to go font, fount, whichever. Kind of like niche, niche. You know, I'm in the South. <laughs> say whatever we feel like saying. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Y'all, that kind of thing. But before I let you go, tell people where they can find you. I know you talk a lot about LinkedIn. Is there any other thing that you want our audience to know before I cut you loose? Thank you. I really, really, really appreciate that. You know, I, I and thank you again for just having me twice. I'm so enjoying this. It was such an honor to be here today. Uh, and to anyone who is still listening, thank you for being with us. This means that you must be all in with this subject. And I truly wish you the best. I love to be able to support people with this. So, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Please introduce yourself so I know it's not someone just trying to sell me something. And I'm th- I'm far more likely to accept your request to connect because I do love to do that. But I do have a simple page. If you just go to my website, which is accessspeakers.com biz, B-I-Z, slash thank you. That's it. Go there. All my info's there. But in there also, you can get a free ebook that I have. And also, if you reach out, I'm happy to offer a 15 to 20 minute consultation for free. This is just an opportunity for me to be able to look at you and kind of have a sense for how you're showing up and be able to make some recommendations to you so that you can maybe, you know, have a better presence out there and increase the likelihood of you either getting booked or being more effective at it. So take advantage of me offering my time. I love to do it. I love to support people. Just reach out and uh, find me at that thank you page. And I know that it will be in Denise's show notes as well. It is. And thank you for making that offer. It's important. Not everybody can afford to hire you or hire me. But anytime we can, you know, get somebody's attention to just ask a question or two. And then, wow, it's that is such a gift. So to the audience, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback really means a lot to me. And if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is vital and my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit. And I said iTunes, it could be Apple. We don't know. But anyway, you know what? <laughs> so the purple one. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in success radio with friends and colleagues. And be sure to go find Anastasia Lipsky on the web and connect with her. Thank you for tuning in. And again, thank you so much for being my guest. You have been amazing. Thank you. It's my pleasure, truly. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.